Well, good morning, everyone. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus, and in the power of our Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we have a Psalm 19 that's assigned for the day, and it has verse 14 of that is a, is a beautiful prayer, and I want to start our time together with that. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, today's gospel reading doesn't always seem like a lot of good news. There's a lot in there. It's dealing with some really difficult subjects for Mark's fledgling community of believers. Remember Mark, the gospel writer, is writing to Christians, and especially his Christians of his day, and they're wrestling with some things like boundary issues, like how are we going to identify who's in, who's out, and what is a member status if we're not sure, right? I mean, that's the whole issue. Hey, we found some people who were doing stuff in your name, Jesus. We're not, they're not part of us, but we're not sure. That's the issue there. And secondly, we're going to talk about a list of rules or actions, things that aren't acceptable for members of this community. And that's when we get into what are we going to cut off so that we can stay and go where we want. But... Let's start with, a, with our text. Jesus said to, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. How many times have maybe these words slipped out of your mouth when you were maybe instructing someone or doing somebody, watching over someone, but you would say, uh, you're doing it wrong. That's not the right way to do it. It's easy for those words to slip out. Maybe when you're teaching someone a brand new skill or you're teaching a child something to do for the first time. Maybe you're teaching someone who's unfamiliar with a certain technology. Or maybe you're teaching someone how to set up communion and, and you come out and you say, no, that's not right. You got to do it this way. We may not use those blunt words, but we're thinking them. And we do them in subtle ways to say the same thing. No, you're not doing it right. It's probably not a very good message to help someone learn how to do it right. Now, I do understand that if someone's about to violate a life-preserving safety standard, there's good reason to get all upset and, and say, no, that's not right. You're, it's, don't. You're going to blow us up. But most of the case, that's not true. Most of the time, when we say, no, you're doing it wrong, this is not the right way to do it, it's simply because we like to be right. I want you to do it my way, and I know my way is right. It's the only way that's really good. We act as though, sometimes when this is part of the church, though, sometimes we act as though we need to defend God's truth from some false action or from some false teaching as we assume it is, and we imply by that either that the truth is so small that only you or I can comprehend it, and then we would know that we're the ones that are going to protect it. Or maybe if you thought about it, maybe that our action assumes that God is incapable of keeping all of that safe without us. But most of the time when we get upset and we say those words, no, you're doing it all wrong, it's not very often in love. It's more about jealousy and guarding our truth the right way. 
And Jesus says today when we do that, we become that stumbling block. We're part of the problem. So today, Jesus has the disciples telling about a time where they're seeing someone else heal in his name. They come back thinking that Jesus is going to get all upset about it. That he's going to condemn this person. But that's not what happens because Jesus is not about preserving the power of his own group. That's not what it's about. In fact, in the book of Numbers, another lesson for this day remembers Moses and, and God sending Moses down and, and having more prophets and, and, and they were upset because other people were prophesying just like Moses and they said, oh Moses, you need to stop them and Moses ends up with these words saying, if only all of God's people would have the spirit to prophesy. We're all made in the image of God. And we are all God's servants. One of the unhappy elements of our history has been the constant, almost never-ending fracturing of our Christian witness. And we fractured into denominations and sects. I'm sure you have seen it. I've seen it in the Lutheran church. We've seen it in every church that happens. And sometimes, yes, there are significant theological concerns that drive those divisions. But I believe Jesus today is reminding us that we need to stop and get over our differences so that we can work together. Yes, maybe they understand communion to be a little differently or maybe they see baptism and they, they uh, only immerse. They don't sprinkle. Maybe they organize themselves in a different way or maybe they see the Bible in a different version that they only want to read the King James. But they do it in Christ's name. And today Jesus says, if you're doing it in my name, you will not speak evil of me. You're either for me or against me. So how is it that Christians can be so much against each other when we all stand for Christ? I think it's because too often in our attempts to claim the truth, we lose sight of the fact that the truth needs to claim us. You see, God's Spirit was not restricted to those 12 disciples. It wasn't restricted to Moses. And that is good news. Because God is bringing hope and healing to this world in unexpected ways through unexpected people. God's boundless love for all of creation has no limits. So, I just said when Jesus says, whoever is not against us is for us, we are now being released to partner with people of other faith traditions, or maybe no faith traditions, on the common causes that we share. Caring for the needy, feeding the needy, feeding the hungry, advocating for a just government, making sure that all people are treated equal. Because Jesus says anyone who is not against us and in our work of embodying the kingdom and God's reign is a potential ally. How many allies have we ignored simply because we haven't opened our eyes and extended a hand 
We'd rather sometimes just sit and feel sorry for ourselves as we feel alone. Jesus goes on to say, if any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believes in me. You see, Jesus switches from answering the disciples' question about who is with them and who is against them to the issue of how we make it difficult for the most vulnerable to stay within the new community that he is forming. So when he's talking about little children, he is talking about the vulnerable because there are no one else more vulnerable than children. And how a community welcomes children, how a community perceives outsiders, how a community works to clear away scandal from their path and seeks peace, that is an area of concern for Jesus. And he says, my community should be thinking about that. Moments ago, we were talking about allies and the importance that God puts people in our path so that we can join together, being willing to do God's work with anyone. Because the work of the kingdom matters. Jesus is talking right now in this gospel about the kingdom movement and how incredible it is that we need to continue to work toward bringing that kingdom. And the tragedy comes when someone who in this world is perceived as little account or value is excluded from the kingdom by those of us who think we hold the truth. So Jesus says, and some words that are really hard to hear about what it means to cut out those things that would prevent us from reaching out to the vulnerable, the least, the last, the lost. Jesus says, participating in the kingdom that I am creating is so important that you need to get rid of anything that keeps you from it. And that's where he gets into the hands, the feet, the eyes. Whatever inclination, whatever habit, whatever action that may keep us from participating in this new kingdom that God is forming, this new community called the church, he says, maybe you need to step away from that. Jesus promises we're all going to struggle, but he reminds us that not everyone will endure. Some will walk away. So he ends this whole lesson with saying, peace be with you. Peace be, be at peace with one another. And that really sums up what Jesus says we're supposed to be doing together as a community. He says, remember, don't argue about who's the greatest. Be at peace. Don't set yourself up against your allies. Be at peace. Don't let your behavior scandalize believers, especially children, the vulnerable. Be at peace. Now the problem is, the peace that Jesus speaks about is a gift. It is not something that we earn. And we know how difficult that is to do what Jesus calls us to do. I mean, the disciples here who have been journeying with Jesus in the flesh can't figure it out. No wonder we have trouble. 
But time and time again, we see that Jesus' love for his disciples is unconditional. Even when, in the gospel lesson, there are plenty of evidences that they're far from perfect. They keep messing up. Their stakes are high. Their actions have consequences. Sometimes they act badly. Sometimes they exclude others. Causes others to stumble. It can lead to disastrous consequences. But Jesus wants it to be better for them, for you, and for me. And so today the good news is this. That we have the preserving power of God's grace. A grace that welcomes us fully just as we are. A grace that centers us and grounds us in the love and mercy of God. A grace that keeps us rooted in God's presence and promise. And beside that grace, we have the refining power of God's living word. A word that causes even the most faithful of us to consider the impact of everything that we say and do. Our words, our actions. A word that shapes us and molds us into what we could never become on our own. A word that names our brokenness and makes possible our healing. A word that challenges us and empowers us to rise above our missteps and our fallibilities. To live in this world as a reflection of Christ. Because today I remind you, you are salted with fire. That you are the people of God, preserved and refined. And each of us is a sign for the world of the new life in which, in faith, Christ is making this kingdom possible. It's our calling. It becomes our life. So today we are being sent out to be a sign for the world of what God's work looks like through our hands. You might be wondering, what does it mean for us to have God's work, our hands, to live sacrificial living and unending service? Well, at 1230, we're going to gather for a prayer. There'll be t-shirts out there that you can, you can have. Although, we're going to ask you to sacrificially make a donation for that t-shirt so that we can support Grace in Action, one of our mission partners who made those t-shirts. And we can go above and beyond for them. Maybe you like retail therapy for your shopping. You know, go, go shopping. Maybe that's your retail therapy. There's all kinds of, of uh, uh, tags on the Christmas tree out there. You can take some tags and go and buy some things and, and share them that way. Maybe you want to go shopping and out there is Zion's Donation Center. You can go get stuff for the Blavin Scholars, for Hope Clinic, for SOS. That You can get things for Fed Up. There's food items to be picked up. There's also, uh, you can organize the pantry right downstairs. And if you want to stay here, uh, activity day, our ladies there need some fabric cut into squares. Or maybe you want to walk around our grounds and take some bags and gloves and pick up some trash. Or maybe you just want to sit down and write some letters that support our Palestinian brothers and sisters. Or if you want to get in the car and drive, you can drive over to Hope Clinic. I understand that there's a farm stand that needs some work. There's a food pantry. There's also some outside work. There's things that you can do over there. Or maybe you just want to go and find where you feel called to be today. But I invite you to go and be God's hands and do God's work.